Welcome back. Final hour of the Bill Michael Show just starting and getting underway. But, man, what a day it has been. And uh, broadcasting live down here at the Phoenix Convention Center, Radio Row, the Media Center. And uh, we continue on. Joining us now uh, here at the table, if you're watching over on the Bud Light live stream, uh, Sean Merriman uh, joining us. Uh, they used to call him Lights Out. Do they still call you Lights Out? Yeah. Do they? Okay. Yeah. It's just in a different realm now, right? Yeah. I, I get more of lights than I do Sean okay. nowadays. So. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> From across the room or down the sidewalk, whatever it happens to be. How you been? I've been well, man. Doing you look great. like you still could play. Holy crap. I, I could. I couldn't recover. That's, yeah. that's really right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday that was, uh, that was right. tough on you. When you get to a game like this, when you get to this particular setting and you start to see all the guys that have either been there, done that, or just missed out or what have you, um, when you look at this stage and how it's grown, give me your thoughts as a guy that's been in this business. You know, um, all the way around. So when you start talking about this stage and, and look who's playing on it, right, you got the biggest quarterback names in, in football, mm-hmm. right? So that's how much the game has evolved. That's why these big contracts are going to the quarterbacks because if you if you look at the last, you know, Super Bowls and guys that's in it, these are quarterbacks who go and perform. Yeah, These are great quarterbacks. That's why they get paid. But more importantly to see, like, I guess the media from other countries, mm-hmm. when they come right. in, I'm like, okay, right. they, now the game is really, really expanding. And I think the AFC, the AFC Championship game uh, averaged what, 47 or 48 million people right. watch. 100 million people probably for the Super Bowl, right, or somewhere right. around there. So those type of numbers, you can't even really fathom it, it happening. The, uh, the the game has grown, and obviously because of social media, because this used to be Radio Row, and you'd come here and it'd be all a bunch of radio stations. Now it's podcasts and TVs, oh, yeah. and it's, it's you know, like DraftKings and such with their stages, and it's not just that anymore, and the game has grown, and then we just talk gambling, and gambling has obviously become part of it. So um, as it continues to grow, and the NFL continues to grow as this entity, give me your thoughts on where the NFL was, and even back from when you played. Right. To where now it comes into player safety, health concerns. Is it gotten a lot better? Yeah, no question. Okay. And and, and it had to, right? Because every 10 or 15 years, the athletes change. Guys get bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, we're... We're seeing guys that, you know, back then I was a really, really big linebacker and defensive. Right. Now it's like... You know, these guys can run and move and, and do multiple things. Look at the Khalil Max of the world and, and Nick Bosa. I mean, these guys yeah. are coming in ready to go. Um, and you see the, the, the transition of, of the quarterback, you know, right? You, back then, you were either a running quarterback or you can pass. Yeah. But you couldn't do both. Right. Right. You had a, you had a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or one of these guys. They weren't great runners. They can run if they had to. Yeah. But now you're looking at, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I remember going back when, like, David Fulcher was a safety. Yeah. And that dude was big. That'd be an outside linebacker or a stand-up D lineman in today's day and age, you know? Oh, you no. talk about bigger, stronger, no, faster. Yeah, no, no question about it. And um, and like I said, every 10 or 15 years, the, the game changes where the athletes are just, they're jumping off the scales now. Yeah. Who, who I know you get to ask this all the time, but who'd you just love matching up with? Anybody that had obstacle helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um well, but there's always that one guy that jaw jacks you. Uh, for me, it was it was always Tom Brady. Yeah, and um, I knew in order to be mentioned up there with some of the best defensive players, name name recognition wise, you had to have great games against uh, Tom Brady's or Peyton Manning's. Right. Or you had to have great games. Eli, you know, you had to make big plays against big players. Right. Um. And and so it was always Tom because for one, it was you couldn't get to him. 
right. you know, because he got rid of the balls so fast and, and just their system and how they operated. But also, too, he was he was like the, the mecca. He was a target, and, okay, we have to beat him. Yeah. And that was the approach going into games like that. Did, did him and Belichick unfairly skew what the success of a franchise is because of the dominance they had for such a long period of time? Well, not only – yes, to answer, but – it, it just doesn't happen anymore because you don't have a player-coach relationship for that long period of time. The game has changed even that, from that front, right? right? Guys are in and out the door to bigger contracts. You know, look at Lamar Jackson, right? He's, he's up $200-plus million. He, he could be on the way out the door. 10, 15 years ago, that's not happening. Guys yeah. are staying with their same organization. They stay in their franchise, staying with the same coaching staff. Now you have a, a losing season or two, you're out the door. Yeah. And that's just the way the business grows. His, it, go, I want to talk about that for a second with you because you look at Deshaun Watson and that contract and what he got. Rodgers is getting a ton of money. He's got that team locked in. You know, we know what Lamar's asking for. As a player that's not a quarterback, do you look at that and go, dude, once you take all that, we don't know if we can win with just you. Yeah. You know, you start to lose pieces. Can there create a resentment within a locker room if this guy's getting $250 million and everybody else has to just take what's left? Well, no, not amongst players because as players, we understand. Right. We totally get it. You, when you got an opportunity to make that much money, you take it. But when you lose, yeah. right, When you and I'm not telling guys that say take team-friendly deals, right. you know, take less and all that. But position, well, Brady did. Brady did, yeah. right? And, and now he has several Super Bowls for it. Yeah. Um, but, the, like I said, the game has changed. Uh, you look at a guy like Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. That big contract, I, you ask my personal opinion, it, it wasn't warranted. Right. But the market says that's what you pay a quarterback of that caliber that could hit the market and get money somewhere right. else. Because they're talking about Dak and the Prescott that he, or the uh, contract that he had. Yeah. Will he ever live up to that money? And that's the big thing is can you live up to the money and then what's guaranteed and, you know, you know the rest of it. Um, you, when you look at your, your game, and I was just watching, bringing up Brady, I was watching a 30 for 30 between him and Charles Woodson and the tuck roll. When you look at the changing of a life, the changing of a path, was there a game? Was there a play? Was there something in your career that said, had it gone this way, something might have ended up different? Had it gone this way, I could have ended up here instead of here. Not that there's a regret. It's just with that little moment in time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think the most Chargers fans will understand this one. It was the, <laughs> it was the 06 playoff game where we had it, we had it, we had it won. Yeah. Um, we got an interception at the end of the game on safety. Hey, I don't like throwing guys under the bus, but it's, it's very well known, especially if you're talking about Chargers fans. They know um, you go down on the knee, we probably win that game. We get yeah. the ball back. It's like a couple minutes left. We, we, we run a clock out in the game over. Yeah. Um, but so I, I would say that because that that year I believe that we would have played the uh, um, Chicago Bears uh, in the Super Bowl, right? Right. Which we're we're a much better team, or right. so at that time. So I, I would say that that would be the moment if I was to bring up anything that, that I look past that way. Yeah, because I was listening to them talk, and you know, had Brady really been a fumble instead of the tuck rule. And they, you know, they would, Oakland would have won that game. Charles Woodson said he firmly believed they wouldn't have won a championship, which means he would have never left Oakland because he had his ring. So, therefore, he never would have came to Green Bay. Green Bay probably never gets a ring. I mean, it's just a matriculating of what happened in somebody's career for the one particular moment to how it changes so many different dynamics in so many different ways. There's no question about it. And also, too, you alleviate that pressure into getting a ring. It's, I mean, even now, you talk about some of the great teams we have with the Chargers, you look back on it and the, I don't care how many pro bowlers, all pros, or Hall of Famers I play with. The one thing they always say, 
rings. Right. And so you alleviate that pressure when you at least get one. And that point on, you've been there, you've done that. It's it, They can come much frequently. Let me ask you this, because guys that have them, they cherish them. And some guys, they're more than deserved. Some guys, they just were along for the ride. But when you've got a career that you know you were dominant, you know you were a pro bowler, you know you kicked ass, mm-hmm. but you don't have that ring, does that diminish the way guys look at you, or do they look at you going, no, Cat, you should have had one? I I, I think it's pos- uh, position-based. Yeah. Right? You know, like you look at my career and say, okay, he, I, a lot of sacks, big-time player and all this other stuff. And when you talk about a uh, Phillip Rivers, right, and you talk about his opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame, that matters more to him or for him than it does for somebody like myself. Right. And it's, it's unfair, right, because it's such a team game. And his numbers show that he should be in the Hall of Fame. But the court, the the rings, the championships, the Super Bowls right. will always be the main topic in him being looked at as that caliber right. player. Before I uh, get into the MMA stuff, uh, I want to ask you, uh, you look at a guy like Rodgers and what's going on, and I think we've all talked ad nauseum about it. But does he need that second ring to go to that second pantheon? Or because of what he's done? I mean, we know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best to ever throw the football, but does he need that ring to go to that next level i i would say yes but it, it won't be with green bay I, I think that um it's very similar to peyton Manning's situation when he left the colts right yeah. and then he went over to and won one in denver mm-hmm. and it kind of solidified the player right it's tom brady leaving the patriots going to tampa bay winning the ring yeah it solidifies the player out of the circumstances of what you were in right it's good or bad right oh those guys only got a ring for a long time we said the patriots Tom Brady was only good because of Bill Belichick. Right. That was a talk. I felt that way personally right. until I saw him win a ring with Tampa Bay, and I think Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's the same case. Really? Okay. So life after football, and now you're getting into this. you got some extreme fighting going on. Yeah, lights out extreme fighting. It's uh, my MMA company. Um, we are now on Fubo TV, Fubo Sports. So if you guys don't yeah. have it, get it. Uh, we just had a huge fight January 15th in Riverside, California. Yeah. We uh, broke the record for viewership of Fubo Sports. Wow. Top 10 all time. Um, and we have another big fight coming up here now in Los Angeles in uh, April. Yeah. Looking at an April 8th date. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys don't have Fubo, uh, get it. Um, and I'm working on transitioning some of these former athletes from other sports yeah. into Lights Out. I would assume that Fubo and uh, the Sean Merriman uh, Lights Out is going to be on full-blown display next year in Vegas when we're all there. Oh, you know it. Yeah. I'm, I'm already ahead of the game. <laughs> Dana, Dana's over there. Dana don't, if they don't kick me out of Vegas first behind right. the fight, then, then possibly. Who you got in this game coming up? Uh, I picked against Patrick Mahomes last week, and I made a mistake. Right. Um, but he wasn't playing the best team in football. So I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't see any flaws in that team. They just they don't have a weak link or a person or a position that you can go after and say, wait, we can go and win against this guy. They don't yeah. have that. When you, you know, I, I, real quick, when you, as a defender, when you look at somebody, you say, okay, there's a weak link here, you know, and you start to scheme for that, you know, is that what you attack? Because, you know, Bill Belichick's always said, I'll take their best weapon away and then beat me with your rest, you know. On the other hand, everybody always says, I got to find the weak spot. And then when we find the weak spot, we can exploit it and beat them that way. What works better or is it just game by game? Well, if you look at the – if you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and that and that, that offense, yeah. okay, you take away Brown. He's still got Smith. Right. Right. He can, he's been finding ways to get the yeah. tight end open. Jalen Hurst has been using his leg. So what one person you'll take away. So that's why, in my opinion, you find ways to go after the weakest link. Mm-hmm. Right. Who who on that offensive line? Because they got a great offensive line. Yeah. Who on that offensive line is terrible at pass blocking? 
right? right? Who can't run block? Who can we run stunts against? So you, and when you're talking about a team as great as the Philadelphia Eagles, you start looking for the weakest point. Yep. Great stuff, man. Hey, it's a pleasure talking Thank to you. Thank you. we got to do this more, like beers, cigars, and everything else. I'm in. I'm That's in. fantastic. Sean Merriman, uh, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it very much. And good luck with uh, – we'll tell people about Fubo, and good luck with the uh, the lights out, man. Thank you. Appreciate Great it. Great stuff. There you go. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We are broadcasting live Radio Row here in uh, Arizona. we got more coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We are glad to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Follow them over on Facebook. They're great people, and they've got, uh, they'll have got they have all the TVs working come Sunday, that's for sure. And also out in La Crosse with our friends at Buzzard of Billy's. Go in there, get some great food, head upstairs to the Starlight Lounge, either place, whether it's Boondocks on County Road K in Oconomowoc or Buzzard Billy's downtown La Crosse, either place, uh, eastern or western portion of the state. Fine establishments to go in and enjoy yourself. Joining us now, the uh, former Bears quarterback, Eric Kramer. This is like a couple of years in a row now, actually. We've uh, we've joined uh, one another and said hello and hung out. And how you been? This has been great. Uh, I love being here. Look, great to see you again. Yeah, you too. So I, I want to start out by asking you, what do you think of the uh, the, the new QB in, uh, in Chicago and the fact that uh, they're running him to death, but hopefully he doesn't get killed before you finally get him some help? You know what? I think this is, to me, I've never seen somebody during the season – Go from worst to first. Right. What a transformation Justin Fields made. Starting out, to me, they played San Francisco, and I was at that game. It was a Bears won the game, but he didn't play well. He didn't play well for the first two, three, four games. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he starts this incredible run of games where he was reading coverages and delivering the ball on time and being accurate. And of making up for offensive linemen and running back blocking mistakes Mm -hmm. and extending plays. And just, I thought, what a magnificent, for lack of a better word, run he had as the Bears quarterback this year. And I think solidified himself for the Bears quarterback for the future. And and all the talk I've heard about (laughs) these last few weeks, like trade him. Trade him for who? Right. So would you, okay, being drafting where they are and knowing that tomorrow could be the last day, would you take a quarterback if you ha- if you felt a quality one was there? No. You got a guy. Okay. Why, would you, why are you going to draft a new guy? I'm, I'm just listening to what's going on in Chicago and talk radio. I am, yeah. too. I am. I'm not listening to it, but I'm reading what the hell are people think. Like, you don't, there's not, how many guys walking the planet have proved they can do this? Right. And, and young. So, you know. Build around that guy. Don't trade him and get other guys that you're going to have to start from scratch with. Are you looking for, then, a wideout or an offensive tackle? Uh, well, tackle. It starts up front. Yeah. That, so, they, to me, they've got one offensive lineman. Right. And, and, and that's Kevin uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. And then after that, maybe Cody Whitehair. Uh, but they, don't, they need four guys. Yeah. And, and that's not including backups. I think the guys that played this year are next year's backups. And then defensive line, you need you need two or three difference makers. We got none, and so you know I think they're in great position, salary cap wise, draft wise. They can fill a lot of holes, maybe not all of them, but they can. They got a good young secondary. They've got good enough receivers for now, and I think you know to me, I would I would find a great trade partner that's willing to give up a lot. To get up to that first pick, have them fall in love with a quarterback, mm-hmm. and then you draft Will, Will Anderson, 
and then you build from there. Mm-hmm. And you've got, what, Deron Payne and whoever else. To, the name I've heard come up is Jalen Carter, Georgia. Right. I yeah. saw him play a couple times. I saw nothing from him. Really? As good as I've heard him be, I didn't see him be it. Right. So I was thinking, hey, draft that guy and then, you know, or, you know, draft Will Anderson because now you're going to have him at a low, relatively low wage scale. Right. And then, you know, but that's the premier position. But then the defensive tackle, get go out and free agency and get that guy. What do you think of the NFC North, the fact that the Vikings kind of ran away with it, although yep. the defense was a paper champion at best? Yeah. Rodgers had the broken thumb, and we saw the Packers decline after Devontae. You see an up-and-coming Detroit Lions team, and then the Bears are – it's it's amazing. I said when they drafted Mitch Trubisky, and I, I still can't believe they did that, but when you do that, you marry yourself to that guy. So if he's not the guy, you've got a boat anchor for four or five years, and you still recover from that because their defense was starting to peak. All you needed was the guy to, to make it all happen. And when you have a defense peaking and offense going in the opposite direction, you're never going to win. Same thing, vice versa. And, and it, it all needs to come together. So you feel like they're there. Like they've got now enough capital to say, we we believe we got our guy. Here we go. But now you've got a good team in Detroit starting to emerge. You don't know what you're going to have in Minnesota if they're going to be able to keep it all together. And then where is Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers decides he's not coming back or is coming back? Well, the two, the two teams you both talked about, the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers, who cares? <laughs> and then and then with the Lions, love that they're an up-and-coming team. They smashed the Bears late in the season. It was the one game late in the year that Justin Fields didn't look like the Justin Fields we all came to know. And But then you got the Bears that – if you look at the, the totality of what they've done, which is the first time I ever heard of this happening where the McCaskey family basically handed over the fortunes to Ryan Poles and his staff along with Matt Eberflus and said, you guys go pick and put this team together the way you see fit. Mm-hmm. And then here comes the team with the best, the most cap space, then the team with the number one overall draft pick. And they identified several good players this year, but they also identified several holes. And so I think the combination of what I just mentioned is going to be the biggest. It's going to, the turnaround from this year's Bears to next year's Bears is going to be like this year's in-season turnaround for Justin Fields to what he was from the start of the year to the end of the year. That's what I see the Bears happening from last year being the worst team to the next year, maybe not the best team in the NFL, but certainly the top tier. Do you like the fact that they're considering moving the franchise up to uh, Arlington? Love it. Yeah, yeah, because I think they—I don't know business perspective-wise, but they probably have a bad problem, a bad lease. I'm going to guess with the right. Soldier Field, what Parks District or whatever that is, and then, but the way they—the way the field is itself. I mean, who needs to replace their field before the season even begins? Right. And then uh, I just—I don't know. I, I think so i i live in la i'm a Sar- uh, charger season ticket holder mm-hmm. and and what the rams owner Cronky did with that space oh, i think wow. is what arlington park is going to be for the bears yeah. and it's just a matter of, will people go there and i think they will because it's chicago right i yeah i don't see them not traveling because they don't want to drive out of the city you know to yeah. go for a sunday event yeah and i think i think it will draw you know not everybody who's from Chicago always lives forever in Chicago. So I think right. it will be a destination spot for those who either used to live here or love the Bears anyway. So who you got in this game and why? Well, 
So I got to play not in the Super Bowl game, but in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Back when I was with the Lions and we played the Redskins, who were, would have, I don't know how they lost that year. Right. That, to me, is this year's Eagles team. And I think that, let's say Brock Purdy wasn't hurt mm-hmm. uh, for the NFC Championship game. They, Eagles offense steamrolled. Right. What was the, what the, best, was defense. the best defense yeah. in the NFL? I mean, what it, it would have been a shootout, but I'm not sure that the 49ers could have kept up even with Brock Purdy. Yeah. And so... Here you got the the Chiefs, who are basically a mash unit that includes their quarterback, and the Eagles aren't. And so you got a full strength Eagles team versus a banged up Chiefs team, and I don't see the outcome anything but the Eagles winning this game. Well, you feel bad for a guy like Brock Purdy gets that opportunity, yeah. named Mr. Irrelevant, and then to have that type of injury. Not only. To have the injury, but then to need the surgery because he w- it would have been his team mm-hmm. had he not gone down with the injury. Yeah, well, I think it still will be. Yeah, because who else they have? Well, you know that's just it. They put all their eggs in that Trey Lance basket. Mm, that's a mistake. Yeah, well, yeah. that mistake's made, like you but said with Trubisky. But right, but I'll say this: they're they cut. You know, they're, they're saying, "Hey, we got other options." You know, it's not just, "Hey, we got to force Trey Lance into this, and then we're going to sink or swim with him." They've done some other things, so they've okay, it's fine. Smart but I mean, area. there's no doubt about it. When Brock Purdy's healthy, that's his team. Yeah, yeah, he certainly was an energizing force out there. There's no doubt. And, about And this, I so. love it because he what he's not the Joe Burrow. He's not 6'5", 230, and runs 4'5". Right. He's Brock Purdy. Right. And he thinks his way through the game. He makes great choices. They might not always look pretty while he's doing it, but he doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And he keeps a team that's good around him moving forward. He takes advantage of the fact that he knows the team that takes the, the team that they may punt the ball to against that defense is not going to go down and score. Right. And so he uses all those factors to his favor. And... I love the fact that he's a resourceful, smart, uh, efficient quarterback. I, when you bring up Joe Burrow, and, and you know, I was listening to all of the descriptions of Burrow being like a Montana or like a Brady where he doesn't run like Mahomes, he doesn't run like Jalen Hurts, he doesn't run like Justin Fields. His arm strength is really, really good, but he just does it because of the will and the, the, the pedigree of championship or whatever you want to call it, but just very technically sound of where he places the football and just like you said just kind of goes through the reads and you'd almost rather have that quarterback than the guys are going to take off if they add something but also their risk is so much higher right you know what i mean i mean i think patrick mahomes has reinvented how people like he 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 comes up with a new way to throw a forward pass every week right and okay great and he now he can play with one leg awesome mm-hmm. um but i think a guy like joe burrow is like what you said. He's like he's consistently hitting 300 a year after year after year, and 15 years later, he's still hitting 300. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, Eric. Anything else going on in your life that you lots of it need to throw out there? Well, got this book coming out, yeah. the ultimate comeback, and uh, it's going to probably get released. Uh, I guess the end of maybe this coming fall. And uh, and then I'm working on a, a passing camp that I'm looking to get sponsored mm-hmm. because it's going to be people like me that have either that have played at some high level, whether it be college or pro, and now love to teach that game. Yeah. And so on both sides of the ball, and the end user is going to be like a you know not the dominating high school of the area. It's going to be the ones that have traditionally not been, mm-hmm. and that w- would love to learn how to not only play it but coach it. 
When you teach quarterbacks like that, is it do you start out mechanics or is it how to read things, where to place balls, windows, things like that? Nope. Start out how to play catch. That's it. That's it. Okay. Because if you can't play catch, I don't care what you read. Right. You can't get the ball there. Okay. And and but if you can play catch, like I'm saying, in the right posture, right? Right. It's it's sort of it needs some components of the right posture, with some momentum going forward, some leverage onto your front foot, and some rotation after your upper body, and that's it. And you get it all to move with a little wet noodle that you call an arm. Real quick before I let you go, what did you see out of Aaron Rodgers this year? A decline. Yeah. And and not the usual, you know, I got this. And because uh, there was plenty of times where he didn't have this. Right. And I think that he's kind of hitting that part of his career, I guess, where it's now looks to me like he's turned that corner onto the backside of things. Yeah. As I said this year is the first time I, he looked a little slow. You know, sure. whether it was the yeah. read, whether it was the run, whether it was the motion, the movement, what you just, there was something there. And sometimes it's just an off season where you took it off a little bit too much and you didn't prep to come back. And you got to work a little bit harder as you get older. We all know that. But, you know, that was the only thing I, I, I saw. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, great to see you, man. Good Thank to see you. you all over again. So you're going to be over at the game or are you heading out and going to watch it in the comfy confines of home or what? Yeah, well, I think my son, Dylan, uh, lives uh, about an hour and a half south of me, goes to uh, West Cliff University, plays baseball. Uh, I think I'm going to go down there. My girlfriend and I are going to go down there and watch the game with him and his girlfriend. Okay. Sounds like a nice day. Right. There you go. A few wings. Sit back in the recliner and wait for halftime. There you have it. Uh, Eric Kramer joining us, former Bears quarterback, sitting here. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show. We are live. We are here at uh, Radio Row in the uh, Phoenix Convention Center, and uh, we're getting you geared up for uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57. Five days, three hours, 51 minutes, and counting as we sit here. So uh, getting ready for that particular game. One of the teams that are in it, Kansas City Chiefs, and a guy that knows a little bit about the organization, Nick Lowry, sitting down with us. How you doing? I am so proud. I'm so proud to say that... uh, I live right here in Phoenix. I go back to Kansas City. Just went to seven, eight games this year. Caught the ceremonial first pass on on uh, New Year's Day, and to watch this team. This is truly a team with just like the Patriots at their heyday. Um, great ownership, uh, great in-game experience, great coach, great players who truly care about each other, and to see how they've grown. You know, it's a really young team to lose Tariq Hill to grow into being the best when it matters here in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm honored to, to see this team. It's, it's just truly gratifying. We were almost there when I played with Marty Schottenheimer, but this is a special team. So what I hear is that the Philly fans are going to start trickling in about Wednesday. It's going to start being a lot of East Coast people that are going to start getting here. Yeah, they're going to be night. coming in, uh, the Philly, Philly right? and it's a good team, a yeah. very good team, <laughs> outstanding team. Don't get me wrong. I love those Philly teams. I'm just saying in this day, on Sunday, right. one team's going to win, and it's going to be wearing red. But last night, it was loud with Chiefs fans. Holy mackerel, overwhelmingly loud with Chiefs fans. Chiefs, obviously, a very historic organization as well. 
Um, when you go back to when you played with them, and uh, you know you've seen both the Patriots side of things, the Chiefs side of things. So I played in Vet Stadium too. So all right, really? I almost turned my ankle a couple times. Now, that, that was terrible. Was a terrible field. Yeah. That was back to the day of pure astroturf, and if you were lucky, you got a padding underneath the turf. If, I don't think at yeah, the vet they had it. There wasn't. And, uh, I think it was just that grass on cement, and that was it. Seth Joyner used to live three doors down from me in uh, Cheney Estates. He's a great friend, and, and Philly's a great team. I mean, what's great is these are two good teams physically, and also they got good character. They, they care about each other. So, you know, I love this. This is what f- football's all about. The quarterbacks in this, I mean, I know Mahomes invents different ways to throw passes, and he's such an incredible leader. But the rise of Jalen Hurts and what he's been able to do this year after they moved on from Carson Wentz and such and said, hey, this is your deal. Isn't this just neat to see? I'm not saying it's the complete changing of the guard because you still have Aaron Rodgers, but Brady's now retired. A lot of the older guys have started to kind of go by the wayside. You saw Matthew Stafford out with an injury, so his name was not out there this year. And other than Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like it's the young guns now. It is young guns, but it still comes down to can you throw an accurate pass? Can you read and get to your second and third read? Can you avoid the pass rush, which both of them are very good at? Um, I will say that I think we have the edge in terms of quarterback because uh, if you saw Jalen Hurts, who's a great player, uh, he, he's not as accurate as Patrick. And, um, you know, we're going to have to take advantage of that with a great pass rush that's come on in the last three, four weeks with Chris Jones, George Karlaftis, and Frank Clark, who really has been missing for about a year and a half, and he's come back when we absolutely need him. So their pass rush against our pass rush, that could be a big tale of this game. Uh, I do got to ask you, because you've got a, now a very weird connection Going to Lambeau, uh, yes. a suite at Lambeau, friends at Lambeau, yes. Packers organization, and it all revolves around uh, good drinking tequila. You know, I want to thank the Packers because <laughs> my friend Paul Kaufman, who played with me on the Chiefs, and oh three, my goodness, three Pro Bowls back there with Lynn Dickey in the good old days in the mid '80s. But uh, he talks about how great the Green Bay organization treats former players, so they're role models that way. But Jim Bob Morris had the interception yardage return record for a long time, played a couple years there for the Packers, played with me in training camp with the Chiefs, and we started El Bandito Yankee Tequila. He started it with Chris Chilios, and I've been the brand ambassador for coming on two years, and uh, it's really good stuff. It's got a great trademark in the Chicago area and in Wisconsin. It's coming in there in Minnesota, but it's on the cover of Proof Magazine. It's featured in Rolling Stone, and most importantly, for the right reasons, it's really good no additives unlike most 80 percent of tequilas no bite so we're going to be you know celebrating with el bandito yankee tequila when it's 31 24 about 10 p.m on sunday night when uh, well let me ask you this do you have any good paul kaufman stories because paul seems to have a story about everybody i will tell you that paul kaufman is one of the finest people i've ever met truly yeah and he and gary spaney also from k-state and Mike Bell would go there and literally one of their last weeks of training before training camp, no one trained it harder. They would run 50 40s, one every 30 seconds. And um, when you're running full out like that, that's the kind of commitment. Uh, his weightlifting was so intense that he actually still has serious issues with calcification in his in his elbows. And he'll talk about it, you know. <laughs> Yet he was Pro Bowl three times. Right. One of the finest people, uh, a true team player. And really, that's sort of the spirit of the, the Chiefs and uh, the Eagles. They really care for each other. You saw that last night mm-hmm. and the way they talked about their teammates. So 
Paul Kaufman, first-class human being with Lynn Dickey, who's right. also a, a case oh, I love Lynn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So you brought a friend with you. Let's get into that explanation. Let's talk about because that. Because you, uh, you, you got some guys here that keep us safe, too. You know, um, <clears throat> this is not about taking sides. This is about the fact that we're on the human side. And with 853 deaths coming across the border, 13 suicides among Border Patrol agents, I was lucky, fortunate to go out there with Brian Erlacher. Thank you to Sonia Mashmeyer, who's helped organize that. And we were educated by Chris and his team and just let them know we love them. We're supportive of them. When they took us into the desert, we almost got killed going into the desert on that 80-mile-an-hour vehicle there. We were in, in the river. We were seeing the complexity of this issue. And all we're trying to do as, as athletes, we have this stage to say, pay attention. No one's telling this story. The administration, I have to work for Democrats and Republicans. I don't care about that. I care that this is a story uh, that we deserve to see and make up our own minds about. We're talking about 25, as Chris told me, 25 apprehensions two years ago. Now we're up to over 1,000 a day, and it's just overwhelming the Border Patrol agents. Right. And these are some of the finest people in America. Chris Clem, who just retired, he's one of those people, and we're lucky to have him. And just remember, whether it's coming across the border for the right reasons or whether it's defending the border for the right reasons, these are great human beings. Talk a little bit about it because it's something that you guys do on in two different ways. One, you're humane to those that are trying to cross, and two, humane to those people that you're trying to protect. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and Nick is, uh, is has been a great uh, uh, teammate in this. For, um, you know, we're talking about people and the complexities of the border and the complexities of people have been going on for quite a while. And uh, and really, the exploitation of, of people is is one of the biggest things that uh, the border traders are facing, right? The smart uh, smuggling organizations are bringing people across. They don't always know what's happening uh, to them, and the agents are the first line of defense. They're the first people there that are going to save people's lives, and uh, it takes a toll day in, day out. Um, and, uh, and, and I thought it would be nice to get people that have been, you know, heroes on the gridiron to come out here and thank uh, the men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol. And people like Nick and Brian and Randy Grimes and others have come out here and, and just addressed our agents and said, hey, right. you know what, thank you for what you're doing. You know, thank you for uh, taking care of people and keeping us safe. And, and, and that, that's one of the things that we're going to be champion. Yeah, we talk about military, first responders, firefighters, things like that. But you really don't think about that group being lumped into people that do protect you. Yeah, you're right. We're, well, you know, in a domestic situation, your U.S. Border Patrol agents are your first line of defense. Right. Between those ports of entries, which is the lawful and legal means to come in the United States, anything that crosses between that is a violation of the law, and they're the first ones to encounter it, the Border Patrol. And so when you have this mass migration, you're dealing with uh, this large amount of humanity, the ones that we should be going after, the ones that are invading us, that are bringing the hard narcotics, the criminal, uh, you know, uh, folks, that's, uh, that's you know, uh, taking a toll on, on the agents. They, they want to get out there and do that job, but they're inundated with people, and it's just a crisis. Well, and the other part of it is we've funded the cartels. I mean, this by allowing it to have no one tell the story and to not provide the Border Patrol with what they need in terms of numbers of people because they're just overwhelmed, they can't evaluate and make sure that who's coming in for the right reasons, who's a human trafficker. And on top of that, you've got an army with the cartels. You saw it with El Chapo's son in the last couple of weeks. They're shooting back. I mean, they're paid twice as much, three times as much, better equipped. It's just creating a new economy 
that is illicit and that is just evil. And why would we do that when it's going to affect us? So if people want to find out more, and I, I'm getting the figure that you guys got to roll, but uh, if people want to find out more, how, you know, you want to read about it, what do you do? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is you can look at the uh, U.S. government website, the CBP.gov. will give you all the statistics, right? It'll tell you what has been called. CB is in yeah, Border yeah. Patrol. CharlieBravoPapa.gov, yeah. right? Uh, you'll be able to see uh, updated stats on what's, uh, what's occurring. Also, follow the uh, Border Patrol sectors on social media. They, they put a lot of information out there. Uh, we're saving lives every day. And most importantly, we've got to save our lives. You mm-hmm. know, we've got to take care of the, of the, fir- uh, the men and women that wear the uniform, whether it's a green uniform like the Border Patrol or anywhere else, because they're out there dealing with this uh, day in, day out. Guys, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming by, and thanks for what you guys do, obviously. And, uh, Nick, uh, I'll be looking for a, a tequila Instagram coming up on Sunday. El Bandito Yankee Tequila. <laughs> celebrate. Margarita the, the Blanco is the finest Blanco for a margarita you will ever have. There you go. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Great stuff, guys. Appreciate it very thanks, much. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got more go coming Chiefs. up right, right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on broadcasting live here in Phoenix, Arizona, the Convention Center, Radio Row, Media Center, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, it's been a terrific day getting some insights and some former players and what's going on with life after and some of the causes and such. But uh, in the, the real time, you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers. And we would be remiss if we didn't touch on this before we get out of here. We'll talk more about it coming up tomorrow. But uh, on the Pat Mac- I was Ben, were you surprised he actually appeared on the Pat McAfee Show today? Somewhat. It does not feel like a normal week. Uh, right. I was surprised. Um, so let's let's what all did Aaron Rodgers have to say? He's going to now spend the next four probably leading up to Super Bowl right from today through into the weekend where he'll then emerge. He's going to live in complete darkness. Yeah. So uh, he said he has not decided yet whether to play as they were talking about all the Raiders speculation and such. He said for the next four nights, he is going on a, quote, darkness retreat where he will be in pitch black all day and night for four days. Called it a sensory deprivation isolation where it simulates DMT and there can be hallucinations. What the hell? (laughs) What the hell? I, I, I just, you know, there are times when you think you've heard kind of like everything. I, look, I, I know the dude's a different cat. I get it. I, I understand all of that. But um, I, I, is this for, like, self-help? Is this meditation? Is this... He said he has a number of friends who have done it, actually, and they have all had profound experiences. And then he expects a decision on his future after that. You know, it's... Man... Well, in other words, next week, you know, you would probably assume that there's going to be something happening because he said he wouldn't make an announcement during the Super Bowl because it was the Chiefs and the Eagles' time to shine. And you respect that. I understand that. But we kind of figured it was coming within the next week or two, um, you know, when he makes some type of announcement. But, um, man, I, you know, (laughs) you know, is there – what else could he do that wouldn't make us go, okay, well, we're all right. You know, I mean, it was the ayahuasca and feeling a hundred hands of love and 
the colon cleansing and, you know, the inner stuff. And, you know, he's a different dude. I, there's no doubt about it. And it's not to say it's wrong. You just, you know, he's going for these different hallucinogenic highs without doing the hallucinogens of finding something, some kind of meaning. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of it. When you hear this kind of stuff, you're kind of like, whoa, I need to process this for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he will be in the pitch black, which maybe means he's going to the Raiders, if you want to spin it that way. <laughs> there could be solutions there. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Frankie, that wasn't even the biggest story to come out in the last hour, Bill. Uh, okay. A beautiful news dump from the Brewers. I must, like, in this case, you do have to hand it to them. They released all of their Brewer theme nights and bobblehead nights for the season. I'm not going to go through all of them, but okay. I will note that none of them include Brewers players. There are things including a Sesame Street day with a Cookie Monster bobblehead. There is golf night with a Paige Sporanic bobblehead and things of that nature. Uh, so all of the handouts have to do with uh, uh, things that, you know, either golf or things that kids enjoy. There's a, a Indiana Jones day, things of that nature. So they put that out right before Rodgers went on, which I think is genius because I hope they get bullied into actually uh, having real promotions with their players. But right. everyone's all mad at Aaron, or at least talking about Aaron. No one's going to talk about the fact that they have a Paige Sporanic bobblehead night. What? What? Right? What is? And again, I, this is going to be a lot to absorb because we only got a couple of minutes here. But what? Just the reaction that started to come, and I could see it over on the Bud Light live stream and on Twitter, and we just had guests and we weren't really talking about it. But it's it's you could also see people walking up and down saying, did you hear what he said? It's like everybody's just hanging on the words of Rogers, and he gets more eccentric, for lack of a better term. And I don't know if it makes people just talk about him in the sense of, hey, a terrific quarterback who does things unconventionally, or he's becoming a nut. You, you know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's like people just kind of everywhere around you start to talk about him. People just shake their head like, uh, you know, whether they're fatigued by the story or they think he's bananas or self-absorbed or a diva. They, where is the positive image look from Aaron Rodgers other than being the guy that goes out and does his own thing? You know what I mean? Well, the news cycle's it, dominated. That's for sure. Right. Like he knows when he goes into this stuff how people will react. I, I you know, uh, to me, I like look. I whatever you do, I I don't care. I don't look down on him. I don't. I, it's unconventional. It's not stuff that we normally hear. He's very deep into many different things and the, the holistic side. I, I I get it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And if people dig deeper into that and want to find out more about it and want to think it's strange, well, then so be it. That's more them than it is him. He really doesn't care. I'm fine with that. I don't, you know, I guess if that's what he needs to make a decision, I, I don't know if he's going to be in that darkness laying on a pile of $60 million worth of money, you know. <laughs> but I I don't know what soothes his soul, man. I really don't. I And at this point... I, I don't know if it's a championship. I don't know if it's competitiveness. I don't know if it's just he needs to go find himself or if he's found himself and football's not a part of that that nomenclature anymore. I, I don't know. But it, we'll talk more about this tomorrow because I'm sure it's going to become a topic of conversation. It already has, for that matter. But it's just, it's just different. But we'll absorb it by tomorrow. Any parting shots today, Ben? 
Anything uh, we missed besides that? I mean, uh, the Brewers are a disgrace. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Give away bobbleheads of the players. Yeah. Well, I think they've run out of stuff to give away in that sense. You know, I I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that at another time. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to come back tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to go upstairs and meet with the guys from Fox here in just a little bit. Tomorrow, we might even have Miss America from 2022 on the program. We're supposed to have her stop by. Got a lot going on tomorrow. Until then, time for us to get out of here. Have a going. Hoop. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. Thank <laughs> you.